hello, hello. Uh, another day, uh, another episode of the Casually Serious Podcast, uh, co-hosted by me, Fazl, and my friend Abhinav. And uh, today, today with us, we have a very special guest connected all the way from New York, and, uh, and that's Marcelo. So, Marcelo, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, hello everyone. Um, my name is Marcelo. As Faisa said, um, from near I'm in New York City right now. Um, I was born and raised in Paraguay, and right now I'm in America studying architecture in the same college as Faisal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just in case anyone didn't knew, we study at University at Buffalo, New York. Uh, and Marcelo studies alongside with me. So. And so you both we, are in the same program. I, I come yeah. expecting that, right? Yeah, yeah we okay. both we both doing architecture and we both failing successfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Marcelo, I know we had a talk a few months back when I was there at your apartment. We talked mm-hmm. about the culture uh, uh, that you came through when you came to US for the first time, all right, mm-hmm. from Paraguay. So um, explain to us a little bit of a background or a transition, you coming from Paraguay to US and just a little bit of a background so that we could relate to it, how, how your school life and everything has been so far. Um, so yeah, um, I guess I can start from like the beginning, just like general idea of Paraguay. So Paraguay is like a third world country. So first of all, like the first thing that comes out of there is like education is not as good as America. America is like, you know, it's like in many ways, maybe Paraguay has like, you know, some, some things that like make education better. Like for example, there's no such thing as a multiple choice in Paraguay which in my opinion makes people just more advanced. Like, you know, like- You're talking about the examinations? So you having to memorize, you having to understand, you having to like remember words is, you know, better than having to remember a piece of something to give you the answer. You know, but in Paraguay, other than that, like, you know, I don't know if you guys ever heard it, but like literally kids go to school for like four hours from like eight in the morning to 11, 12 in the afternoon and then done for the day. So I grew up in an environment like, you know, where education was like, you know, a choice for people. Mm-hmm. And then there was people that like ended, like my grandmother only studied until I think um, freshman year of high school. Okay. Um, because um, she had to start working, you know. Right. And all of that. Right. So and education-wise is completely different um you know people over there you know like i was telling face a few months back <laughs> um people struggle you know people sometimes don't have any jobs people feel like they're struggling people work hard but then in the end of the day and during a weekend or something like everybody stops working completely they share with the family and i think that's something very important to me because even though in America, everybody has money, like, not I mean, not everybody has money, but like, there's more money, there's more, you know, like, it's easier to have an iPhone in America than in Paraguay, you know, but like, right. people spend Saturdays and Sundays working, you know what I mean? Sometimes in, like, in a daily basis, I see my aunt, like, three or four hours a week, and, you know, that's pretty crazy. 
So, you know, going back to the topic, like the transition from Paraguay to the U.S., in a way, people can say, oh, yeah, you went from a third world country to a first world country, like with a lot more opportunities and everything. And you should be happy and thankful. And I am happy and I am thankful. But there's just so many things that like still connect me, connect me to my country because I was, I would think at one point, a little bit old and I was still connected to my country. I was 11 years old. You know, even now, I feel like I want to become an architect when I finish my studies, I want to gain some experience and I want to go back to my country and help the people in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little bit of a background, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think uh, before we get into the meat of the discussion uh, about having uh, much more about the follow-ups about between why you came to US and the culture shock that you came, uh, came to face, I think it's important to address why we wanted to invite you. Yeah. And the topic of culture shock, at least, uh, has been very much limited to people coming from, uh, at least, uh, it depends on the way, how it depends on how vocal the particular person or the particular person from that community is. And culture shock has always been associated with Asians coming to US or Asians coming to any, any other uh, any any other country inferior to that. Basically, to people coming country. from the east to the west yeah. almost yeah mm-hmm. coming from the east but then uh fuzzle was extremely intrigued and excited to know that any person any person for that matter there's nothing like uh, only the asians or the, only the east people coming from the east can experience such a culture shock any person from the matter a non-caucasian person for that matter can experience a culture shock and uh, i think uh, <clears throat> Trying to experience a different language barrier altogether itself is a big deal. And I think uh, Fuzzle was in big appreciation of the way you were able to maneuver those challenges early on in life. And yeah. <laughs> I think you, uh, we'd be really happy how you must have felt back then. And I know how patriotic you must also be knowing that you would want to go back and contribute to the community. So yeah, I think uh, I just I just wanted to say that was a really nice, thoughtful gesture from your hand. From your yeah, hand. and also to add to that, uh, that is that is something also that is you know common uh, between Indians and maybe I don't know. I guess it's the entire South American culture because I speak spoke to many people. Family. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. So Family besides culture. people from Paraguay, people from Puerto Rico, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the names of the country right, but um, people from this country is Guatemala. Right. Uh, all of these people have the family culture and everything. It's uh, it's engrossed within them, running through the veins. And that's about the that's about the same uh, culture. Or that's about the same thought Indians share, right? And maybe right. that's also that's also one of the reasons why I was able to connect with uh, Marcelo uh, much yeah. more um, easily than with anybody else because we have same values and same thought process. Uh, but coming back to the question, uh, Marcelo, you said that you there were a lot of difficulties when you came from US. I mean, from Paraguay to US, there was a lot of sacrifice that was made, right? Uh, would you like to shed some light on what is what is the main culture shock that you had? Was it the language barrier, or was it the values, or was it the lifestyle? Uh, what was it? What was it? Um, so technically, everything you said was like a 
fake wall in front of me you know like first of all before everything anything you know like you have to understand what's going on around you and english is like you know um so pretty much um i studied english um in my country for like seven years but because third world countries you know the education is not like that um good i studied for seven years and all i was able to learn was like hi how are you and then end of story you know so you know first things first i had to you know first started speaking the language um you know started with you know just going to like a all english school so like others start going to a bilingual school like i know many people that go to a bilingual school just so like they, they can have a transition well i started the first two years that i spent in america where like oh, there's a bilingual school also with it like a spanish plus english kind of school is that what you're talking about Yeah, I know people that were like, you know, like oh. having like a tutor next to them that was translating things to them. I didn't have that. I was just sitting there in a class and I was just looking at the teachers and saying, I don't know what you're saying, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah, that's me. Well, that's me in architecture school right now. I don't know what you're saying, <laughs> but okay. So yeah, um, once I started like controlling English a little bit more, um, another problem was also like the lifestyle Correct. so i went from like i said before having free weekends where i could spend with my family you know relaxing enjoying and then i came here and then i was um i don't know if you guys ever you know heard but like the american kid is like supposedly is very busy but for me it is very miserable so you know like you know kids in like four fifth grade they go into school like at eight in the morning and they get out at seven in the afternoon you know it's a very busy day but you know it's like they see their parents like two hours one hour every day you know so that that was another problem that i saw i was always inside mm-hmm. like i don't know if you guys also compare that but like other countries you know you come outside you run around in the background in the backyard and everything and in america most of everything happens inside that was also a big problem and then last but not least like fiso said it was of like you know the culture in general so like i had this very bad experience that i want to share if you guys don't mind but like go ahead um when i was in middle school okay like In middle school, like I was um, half of my middle school years, I was in Paraguay and then the other half I was in America. Mm-hmm. So there was this experience like that I experienced in the end of coming to the to um, the U.S. that happened in Paraguay. It was like this kid like, um, you know, I think failed a class. And then next thing, you know, she was like very upset with the teacher and like said a cursing word to the teacher. Mm-hmm. and then she got kicked out of the school mm-hmm. i remember so so well like she she cursed at a professor at a teacher and then she got kicked out of the school right okay right. then i came to america then the same thing happened and not even a call to the principal's office nothing like the professor just completely ignored it and then that's when i noticed that like you know the countries are completely different. And one of them, like, if you disrespect your elders, then you're 
severely going to be punished. And then the other one is just like, oh, yeah, teenagers are, you know, complicated and they let go. And I think that's right. like one of the biggest things, biggest problems in America, in my opinion. So um, from what I understand is, um, from what I understand is basically, I was fascinated with the last point that, you know, um, despite the, uh, I think the family culture kind of is mm-hmm. not as well defined in the America, you're trying to say, mm-hmm. where uh, the respect associated mm-hmm. with elders hasn't, is not as well established as those coming from our culture, at least. <laughs> That's what I'm able to understand from what you're saying. Yeah, like, even family, like I've seen families like that, you know, their kids are born here and they start yelling about, you know, their their mom, their parents, like, mom, stop, or like, leave me alone, or like, shut up or something, you know? <laughs> I, if, I, if, I ever say, if I ever say shut up to my mom, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm not going to see you next semester then. It's the same thing for that. It's the same thing. If you don't come to our room or something like that, we are outside the room only. <laughs> <It's not like laughs> yeah. yeah. When like, you said, yeah. when you said for the most part of uh, when you went to US was like you staying inside the room, was it mm-hmm. because uh, you were, uh, you were just afraid to meet new people or was it that, uh, how, what was the situation when you meant that? Cause I wasn't able to get that. So, um, pretty much like, you know, schools are longer. Like I said in the beginning, schools are way longer in the US. So right. instead of going to go from like eight in the morning to 11, like in Paraguay, I was in, inside classrooms like eight in the morning until like 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I was, mo- I was having a transition to after school program. Like, I don't know, okay. like helping with homework or using the computers or going to the library and reading. And those still happen inside. So, you know, right. most of my day, were inside you know like i'm not saying i didn't leave a single minute of my life outside you know maybe i'll walk outside for like five minutes but the difference is just way big like in paraguay i will spend most of my days outside sitting you know breathing fresh air looking at like animals like chickens and stuff like walking around and in america it's just like buildings and buildings and you know always inside four walls and just yeah. completely different saying there's like different stages like that i had to go through like first of all uh i don't know if you're asking this but like in the beginning like when i got here um not speaking the language being close at home and the four four walls and barely seeing my family first of all i got a little bit depressed so i was like you know crying very often missing my family even though i was with my mom like you know Correct. I was still like very, very sad, very not used to it. And it took me around like a year or so to like right. start getting used to the American ways. Mm-hmm. Also like the the language, um, you know, it was like, I just never had motivation to go to school anymore. Like when I was in Paraguay, it was like, sometimes I had motivation, like, oh yeah, either, either to see my friends or either to play with my friends or sometimes even, you know, just to, look forward to the next thing that I can, that I can learn in the math class or in the science class or in the social studies class. Right. But then when I got here for the first two years, just I didn't know the English, the, the language. It was just like, 
another day at the office you know like mm. just another day closer and then i guess in the end it was all worth it because um i guess you guys experience this when you guys are learning new languages as well not just me but like it just feels so unique because it's yeah. like one day one day you're just like you're just not understanding still like you're it, I, i compare it to like um looking for gold or looking for diamonds you know what i mean like one day you can still like be going down you know and you don't see anything and the next thing you know everything is in there right in front of you you know so that's why <laughs> that's how it happened to me with english like one uh-huh. day like literally one day i was like still like oh yeah my, i still don't understand and then the next day my ears is like open And the next thing I was just like, wait a minute, I understand what you're saying. So, right. yeah, right. like it is not easy at all, but it is very possible. Like the transition and the language and everything makes it so challenging. But in the end of the day, it just feels so good. Right. So uh, which... Um Which class or which grade did you shift to US? You said at age 11, right? Which grade were you in? Um no, I was in um 6th grade. 6th grade. So, uh-huh. so I finished I finished 6th grade in Paraguay. But because um the year in Paraguay ends in December and then the US half of the year ends in December. They were like, right. "Well, you you have to redo 6th grade." <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, right. I have to admit one thing. I think um uh me personally I am studying in India like I'm studying in my native place back in India. Uh the thing is me trying to converse in the local language itself is a big culture shock because I was born, like I mentioned I was born in a different country. I spoke a different language at home it's a different language in school it's a different language. and conversing locally is itself a different language like arabic or any other language right now the point is um you are remarkably cheerful for what you have gone through i'll admit that you are very cheerful for like <laughs> i feel really um, appreciate that i think to go through a different to go through a different culture in a, yeah Marcelo is the Marcelo is the happiest person in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, go ahead. What were you saying, uh, Abhinav? Yeah, I was saying right. Like he's he's he has this uh, thing of cheerfulness that lights up a person's day. I think uh, that really is something. Uh, whether he knows it or not, I think he should know it. Now that I've not met him. <laughs> before but i'm meeting him over the podcast right now he has a he has a smile that really lights up a person's day i think fazil can relate to it that's yeah. why you vote for friends it makes thank <laughs> you yeah. i mean i always tell this to face or like sometimes we share those moments when we just both feeling like very bad because architecture is like one of those <laughs> majors are like they the professors are constantly you know throwing you know bad comments at you telling you yeah. to get better and all of that and i just always tell face like literally about you know feeling miserable and just being serious you don't get anything of it yes so might as well like give it a at least a fake smile and then keep going keep working hard and then exactly. you know approaching the next you know level 
Marcelo Marcelo plays the dad figure for me when my dad isn't there so, <laughs> at Buffalo. So sometimes we get into big arguments with Faisal because he's like, "Oh my goodness!" Like the professor gave me a bad grade, and I'm like, "Come on, Faisal!" Like forget about it and then just focus <laughs> on the next series and then he's like i cannot just ignore it and then i'm like you can't do anything about it anymore you can't change it you you can only change the future you cannot change the past so yeah yeah are um, you uh so coming about this i think uh, you mentioned paraguay and uh my limited understanding about paraguay is that paraguay is a very good footballing nation So do you play soccer or football, whatever it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marcelo Marcelo <laughs> likes to call it football, even though even though it's known as soccer. In know, US, it's soccer, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you talked about the various cultural shocks and the language barrier that you had to face, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, coming through that, you did a, of course, you did a great job uh, defeating that barrier, uh, getting into the American culture very well, and. Mm-hmm. uh remember how these uh, how the previous semester was called fitting in mm-hmm. uh so you fit in very well with the american and until you tell me that you're from paraguay no one would really say you're from paraguay so how do you how do you tackle such emotions and um especially now that you've gone through such uh, a breakthrough you know how do you how do you advise anyone else to tackle emotions in life or tackle any difficulties in life what is what do you want to say to those people who are facing same difficulty as you are to all the people who come to us they face a lot of difficulty they have language issues uh, yeah. some people have food I'm issues just... yeah people food in the east is more spicier or whatever it's cooked differently or whatever and mm. how remember how i had uh, halal stuff that i had to eat right so everyone has their own uh, thing going on uh, what is yeah. Yeah so what is the piece of advice or how would you what is the advice you would like to give that you because you give a lot of advice to us to me especially yeah and i would like you to give some sweet advice to the audience or something i think a very good question uh, to sum it up would be what is the kind of advice you would give your younger self like if you would have to go over it all over again mm-hmm. how would you advise yourself i think yeah uh, that's a to the better Yeah, it's a better word. Um, so, personally, I think what kept me like, you know, Faisal says I did a very good job. I think I could have done a better job, but I don't think I did a bad job. But I think <laughs> what like, m- you know, leading me to the place I am right now. You know, like I know the language. I'm used to the everything going on around me. I go to college, and it's all because I always have this one goal. You know, like. life is sometimes like harsh like you don't always get what you want in life but you will always get what you deserve you know so if you put a goal like way ahead so when i was in middle school i already had the goal to go to a good school to to go to a good high school and step by step so first when i didn't know the, the language my goal was like um because um The, there's this thing they do in America that like if you don't speak the language so if you don't speak English of course they're not gonna get rid of you on the English class or the social studies class so they just give you like uh you know like a like a letter that says that you don't you know you don't count on that class so the grade that they give you doesn't lower or doesn't make your 
your overall like higher. So then my yeah. first goal was like to get those grades there. Right. You know what I mean? I remember the first time we got a I got a grade for my English class. I had a talk with my prof with my teacher. She was mm -hmm. like, Marcelo, right now you have like a 75. But if you do this two assignments that I could give you, then you can get an A. And I remember I did those two assignments and then the professor was like, Oh yeah, right now you have like an 80 in the class. Like And then it was my first time ever to like, you know, right now, if I get an 80, I'm going to be like I'm a little bit disappointed. Goal by goal. You know, after that, my goal was like to go to high school. Then after high school was like, you know, to get good grades in high school so I could go to a good college. Then yeah. at one point it was like to get into UB, to to get into, you know, my dream school, to go into a good architecture school you know and so on so just to summarize everything i guess like there will always be like struggle you know language food whatever you you're struggling with but if you put like a goal so you say once i get there then this is going to happen and then with the goal you know you put like a good thing maybe like you're going to go back to your country visit your family or maybe even just the feeling that you're going to feel Right. accomplish you know those are just things that like keep you make you keep going you know sometimes right. you feel like oh yeah once i get here i'm just gonna like stop because i'm literally just not gonna have no motivation anymore but once right. you finish that and once you get something uh done and it's a big deal then out of nowhere you get way more motivation than you had before and then it keeps going so yeah. it's like a rate a non-stop race and then what keeps you going is the big goals that you have in life yeah right um yeah so you tackled the english language barrier right so mm -hmm. i know you knew few slang language few slang words that you taught me could you mm -hmm. could you teach the audience or anyone who's watching this or hearing <laughs> this a few slang language that you've recently learned or you've, what, whatever you've taught me even uh yeah i guess we could start with a Faisal's favorite slang. <laughs> yes, yes. Go Which ahead. is um, there's this one thing that they eat a lot in in New York City, which is mm -hmm. uh just pretty much like bacon and then egg and cheese. Right. But then the way we say it in the city is just like bacon and cheese. <laughs> right. Let's play. Let's play a quick game. Let's do something. You you speak two to three words, and me and Abhinav will uh, try to imitate you that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and then you give you give us the score points, and then 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 let's see. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Yes, okay. you guys can just say, start with that one. Just say bacon and cheese. Bacon and cheese. Yeah, I uh, we got that. Yeah, <laughs> we got that. <laughs> All right. So what about what you, Faisal? Uh, I said bacon and cheese. No man, you said it wrong. Bacon and cheese. Bacon and cheese. Bacon and cheese. Bacon and cheese. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, all right. And second there's one, other funny one. words like, um, there's this one word that I use a lot and that Faisal like uses a lot too. But then, like, <laughs> yeah. I think last semester he didn't use it at all. It's it's cap. cap. So it's pretty much like the word cap. You will see it as like you know a cap that you put in your head, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, and uh, the way we use it in the city is like stop lines, like. When someone, when when you say something and then someone says cap, that means they're telling you that you're lying. Oh. So let's like say you say. Stop lying, don't fake uh, it out like that. 
let's say you say, um, oh yeah, you're very good at soccer, and then I'm and I'd say cut. That Stop means that I'm yeah. telling you that you're lying. Yeah, that's something right. I learned. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What else? Oh yeah. Uh, this is like a very confusing one. Like many of my friends still don't get it, but like when you're like very far from something or when something is like very far from your reach you say that's mm -hmm. deep that's, that's deep, deep. Like, okay uh -huh. like <laughs> if you don't want to reach something or if you don't want to go somewhere right. like let's say you your friend is telling you oh let's go to the beach that is two hours away and then and then you don't want to go so then you just say oh yeah that's deep, that's deep. <laughs> but what is the what is that new word that we that you taught me last semester about the uh, that that which means gangster or something, I forgot. Oh, what yeah, the word yeah, word. yeah. G. Yeah. <laughs> G. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just kept I just kept calling Phaser like uh, I just kept saying like, "Yo, G, let's go" or something. And then one day he was just like, "What does G mean?" And I was just like, "Oh yeah, it's just the the initial for gangster." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think you know a part of me is feeling uh, uh, Marcelo has uh, you know these unique slang words which is which only he knows and he just to uh, break a laugh out of himself he'll just play joke on you like Yoji kind of thing you know Mar Marcelo Marcelo is someone that he he brings new slang words each semester so we are probably expecting one or two new slang words by the time he comes in August. And when we see him next, so, so all of this is like New York slang, is it? Um, only New York. You can only hear this in New York. Um. So yeah, most of it. Like right now, I have like my best, uh, my best friends right now from the city. Um, they're very involved into like, um, UK stuff. So they like music from the UK. Oh. So then actually right now I'm learning some slang from the UK, but you know, Ooh. that's something different. <laughs> I guess um like you know, like going from place to place. So, you know, I like to just take um not like the worst from everything, but like I just like taking things from like let's say I take slang from the city and slang that I hear from my friends that are appropriate you know yeah and you know yeah. just make it you know and mix it around and then make it me you know like Faisal <laughs> yeah. knows this are like I hate being I, I mean I love being different you know like yeah that's why Marcelo is the coolest guy as well <laughs> with being the most happiest yeah. person like if you ever wanted to like offend me very badly just call me normal and I'll be very offended <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was actually funny, man. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Like, how many normal languages can you converse fluently? What happened? How many languages can you converse fluently? Now that I can see that you speak English fluently, you must be speaking Spanish also fluently, right? Like, He's teaching um, us Spanish. So I can say that. <laughs> Yeah, um, actually, my country is uh, bilingual, so we speak two languages in Paraguay. Okay. So technically, um, I didn't speak in, I didn't speak Spanish until the age of five. Okay. So I used to only speak my my native language. I learned Spanish when I was five, 
and I learned English when I was 11. So technically, I speak three. And Wait, what is what is your native language called? It's called Guarani. Guarani. Guarani, yeah. Guarani, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So is it like a dialect of Spanish or? Um, no, it's completely different. It's like uh, I don't know if you guys know the history of uh, South America, but like Indians used to live in South America. And then yeah. the Spanish and the Portuguese came to conquer the, the lands. Mm-hmm. So every single country located in South America, like Chile, Argentina, Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela, Bolivia, all of those countries, like they, the Spanish just took over their natives really? and made Spanish like their native language. But for my country, it was a little bit different because um. Mm. Mm. My, the Indians that live in Paraguay are called Guaranis, uh, so pretty much comes uh-huh. from the from the language. And okay. then what happened was that, like, because they were, um, they just never let themselves get controlled. Mm-hmm. In the end, when when Paraguay got their independence, um, there was two uh, language that became um, official. Correct. Right. So Paraguay is the only. Uh, uh, country in South I America, think, uh, in, in America to oh. have to to have to be a bilingual. Like I don't think the U.S. is officially bilingual, even though most of it, most of its people speak English and Spanish. And Spanish, yeah. The only official uh, country in the world to, I mean, in America to have two languages is Paraguay. And right. yeah. I had the pleasure to learn it. You know, I speak it every time with my family. Whenever we're in the train, or you, you, you guys can ask my roommate Dominic, which is also good friends with uh, Faisal. Um, okay. You know, when my family came to visit me, like he was just completely lost because yeah. uh, my me and my family only speak in Guarani. Uh. Oh, okay, okay. You could yeah. you could also use that to your advantage almost when you want to speak code language that when someone doesn't want to understand, yeah. you just speak um, that language. Yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, we will never use it to like talk bad about anyone. Of course, yeah. Mm. But there's some things that like, you know, maybe it's not your business for me to talk about. <laughs> but then instead of like going to another room, I can just switch the, the language, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Marcelo, because you have this broad view of life and this, um, it's, it's, it's very practical at the same time, but it's also very motivational um, and it's also thoughtful uh, how you process each step of life and how you perceive life uh, just in general, right? So how do, you, how do you define success for yourself, right? And uh, what do you want to give um, what do you? What is the takeaway that you would like to give to the Indian audience before we end the podcast session? <laughs> um, that's a very you know tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess um, to put enough your words, success for me, you know, like many people see success as something big, so you know, becoming multimillionaire. Like I think success for me will be some a different success than what Elon Musk considers success. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, I told Faisal this before that like success for me is more of like, you know, become someone productive for 
for your city, for your country, for your for the world. Like instead of having a lot of money in the bank that like you will never be able to use all of it, you know? Why not have a decent amount of money, some businesses, you know, live a good life, but also help the people in need. So, so in other words, success for me is more of like, I become successful. Maybe I become an architect in the future. And instead of like making a lot of money and saving that money, I just give jobs to, you know, the, in, the people in my family, even maybe a lot of Paraguayan people that are struggling to survive, you know? Like, I think that's success for me. Like, just looking at someone and, you know, just seeing them come to me one day and then they're like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I have a house, I have a car, I have a, I have a family. My kid goes to college because right. you gave me the chance to, you know, reach that possibility. I, that's success for me. So I don't want like all the money in the world. I would just, you know... I mean, it sounds, you guys might say, oh, yeah, but, you know, like, that's not success for, like, many people. But, like, I would rather see a, a bunch of people smiling and thanking me and being so. happy than, okay. you know, for me to be known as, like, the richest man in the world. I yeah. think people, you know, being happy, that, that makes... You know, that's the key. That makes anybody rich. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way Marcelo explains this is um, having a sustainable career is way more important than a highly famous career. A sustainable career where everything is sustainable, like there's balance in every balance aspect. In, yeah. 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 It makes but, perfect sense. But also for Marcelo, it, it's um, from at least from what I know about Marcelo so far is that happiness and uh, enjoying life, let it be in the bad times, dark times, hard times, good times, is to enjoy each moment of life and uh, take each step uh, positively and defeat it. Right, Marcelo? Yeah, also, you know, always aiming for the best, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, I forgot to wish you in the beginning of the podcast, but belated happy birthday. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I should have yeah. I should have brought the I should have brought the cake yeah. as well. It's seven a.m. in the morning, but then there's there's no bakeries open here, so <laughs> I wasn't able to get the cake. But you would have a normal cake cutting session here in the podcast as well. Next time, man. Next time. <laughs> yes, man. Of course, of course. All right. So, uh, thank you so much, Marcelo, for joining with you. us. Thank you for the invitation, guys. It was a pleasure. You know, when Faisal told me about this, I was like, mm, do I really want to be there? You know, like, <laughs> it just sounds like a big responsibility, you know, like right. talking to people, you know, and sharing an experience is like sometimes, you know, very hard. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to say thank you for the possibility. You've done a pretty good job here. for somebody who, who, is, who hasn't... Um, like we are as new to podcasting as much as you are new to being invited as a guest. But like, I think we have done a fair job. I kind of feel because uh, there was a good dialogue between us, right? Uh, to and fro. So um, I think I want to thank you from my side again. Thank you for uh, having come over to a podcast and gracing your presence over here because we really wanted you. 
and yeah i think uh, we are very very pleased to receive that reciprocity from your side thank yeah, you so much so marcelo is that type of person that even if everyone is sleeping in a zoom meeting he'll wake everyone up with the way he talks uh and 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 the personality that he carries so no one no one can ever be angry or sad when marcelo is around that that is that that's actually what we even do sometimes so if things don't work or if we are all sad we just meet up together because we all know that marcelo is going to lift up the mood so just just like it did today so, <laughs> so thanks marcelo your personality yes an endearing yeah. personality very uh, begin begin very there is a saying in hindi uh bade dil you say it in bade dil if you know fazal so, yeah yeah it, it means big hearted it means big hearted person hearted yeah yeah but it, the slang is better used in hindi in our language but you, we yeah. could call you but we are going to teach you a slang right now it's called bade yeah. dil you are a person it's with bade dil bade dil yeah my my perspective from indians uh, um even after my face was a like you guys are very very smart and very very successful and it's not because you guys are superior or because you guys are blessed by god or or, or like they say about asians that they literally just have in their genes um i believe that it's more of like the unity and you know just like just you guys always you know put put your best you know what i mean yeah from the beginning i saw as indians was like very smart and it's not because you guys you know have it inside you guys but because you guys try so hard you know yeah after you, after you say this we're going to get uh, more likes than dislikes on this video <laughs> <laughs> uh but marcelo again uh thanking you uh it was very sweet of you to come at 11:30 p.m. in the night from new york and very selfish of us to inviting you 7 a.m. according to our time but uh <laughs> thanks thanks for being here and uh thank you everyone for joining to our podcast and uh we'll see you in the next episode thank you thanks again